Hello, everybody. It's The Building Code. Zach Witovich here. Charlie Bertwistle. We are back in the studio. It feels good. It does feel good. You in know, a minute. It, it, we, we go back and forth on our schedule here. Sometimes, it, you know, there's, there's breaks in between. We've got a really unique guest joining us today, Charlie. Russ Stevens from the Association of Professional Builders is going to be talking on it. They're an outfit based out of Australia, working with builders, doing consulting and business coaching, among other things. Before we bring them on, we got some things we want to talk about today, I think a little bit, and and before we jump on and really kind of dive deep with Russ about what his business does for builders out there. So I know things going on right now in the news and the conversations that are happening, um, something that Russ's Association of uh, Professional Builders actually talked about is this construction boom. So I'm excited to kind of get into him with that. His thesis in this article is discussing kind of the fact that just because you're in boom times doesn't mean you're necessarily doing well profitability-wise. And there's things to be aware of in the construction period or construction timeline. Uh, even if things are heated up now, it doesn't mean they're always going to be that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. I actually have people, I have that conversation uh, semi-frequently where people are like, oh, what do you do? Uh, oh, builder trend. You know, we're, we work with uh, residential home builders, uh, remodelers, and they'll be like, oh, well, what a great time to be in construction right now. You know, everything's booming. Everyone wants to buy a house. And uh, what he kind of pointed out in this article, and like, while it is an opportunity, um, a lot of times construction boom does not necessarily equal uh, financial boom. So the coolest thing about uh, this specific article, and they have a whole blog that I definitely encourage people to check out, is while it is tailored and kind of specific to the construction industry, it's, it's also just really, really good advice for business practices in general, no matter what kind of, uh, you know, segment your business serves um, or what you're doing. Uh, it will give a lot of really, really good insight into, you know, forecasting out your cash flows and things that you can do from, you know, a legal standpoint, things you can do from a marketing standpoint, uh, really the whole spectrum of uh, running a successful business. So, uh, really, really interested to, you know, chat with Russ and uh, learn more about what he's doing over at the Association of Professional Builders. Yeah, absolutely. There's always great guests giving us great advice. So I'm excited to see someone who is working with multiple builders every single day and kind of seeing the dynamics of the different challenges they're facing. So let's get Russ in here. Russ Stevens, thanks for joining us on The Building Code. Russ, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to found the Association of Professional Builders. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having me, Zach. Really excited uh, to be here. Um, I founded the Association of Professional Builders with my daughter, Sky Stevens, uh, back in 2014. And uh, that was after we'd already launched a marketing agency um, to generate leads or quality leads, I should say, for residential home builders. And, uh, and it was through that process of generating leads that uh, we realized that there were two camps, really. There were some builders that um, that was all they needed. They were doing really well. But there were other guys that were still struggling and they were saying the leads are rubbish, you know, paid advertising doesn't work. And when we dug into it, we realized that the one thing these guys were missing was a documented sales process compared to the guys that were successful. So in 2014, we launched Acris Sales Training, which um, was dedicated really to helping builders with their sales process. And that went phenomenally well because now we were generating quality leads and we were helping builders convert those leads into contracts. But there were still guys that were struggling. And, uh, and it was that point we realized that uh, they needed help with the, the whole business because 
margins were were not strong enough, they weren't organised enough, and they were time poor. And that is why uh, we launched the Association of Professional Builders with a, a mission to generate more leads, more sales at higher margins, but while improving the client experience at the same time. That's awesome. So hopefully, you know, a lot of builders out there listening to this uh, are interested and this can be a good kind of sales pitch uh, for you to get some more leads for the uh, Association of Professional Builders. Uh, For those people listening, what is, how would you describe, uh, you know, the association and uh, what is, you know, kind of your your tagline or your mission statement to uh, go in and help these builders succeed? Yeah, well, our mission is to improve the construction industry for both builders and consumers. So we strongly believe that builders deserve to be uh, earning a lot more money from building homes than they are currently earning. But we also believe that consumers deserve a far better experience than they're currently getting. Now, those two things go hand in hand because you cannot deliver a world-class service on tiny margins and without systems. So our mission is to systemize 50,000 residential building companies worldwide. 50,000? 50,000. That's a a large goal. Uh, That's a a big, hairy, audacious goal. (laughs) So where are you at now, if you don't mind me asking? Who are your members? uh, Yeah, we've just crossed 500 members. So uh, we are on the the lower steps uh, of the journey, but, uh, but growing fast. I was I gonna it. say for how new you are, that's a pretty solid, uh, you know, chunk of chunk of builders to be working with already. Um, so you guys are headquartered in Australia, is that correct? That's correct. Yes, we started uh, in Australia, and um, we've been operating across the U.S. and Canada for the last uh, three or four years now. Uh, to the extent that we now have um, coaches in both Texas. And, uh, and Canada, and also we have uh, membership support staff uh, across the U.S. as well. That's really interesting. So when you are kind of going out and courting builders as far as, you know, the practices you preach and, and what you're really trying to get them to buy into, um, what's that process look like to get them, you know, into your network and, and onboarded? And, and, you know, what, what is that experience like for someone who's maybe interested in, in kind of learning more about what you guys do? Yeah, that's that's a great question because uh, this is where we really walk the talk. Um, because what we find is uh, there's not a lot of builders uh, googling business coaching yeah. or looking for help in their business because they just don't realise this level of support and assistance actually exists. So the strategy that we use is a content marketing strategy, which um, really came about. 15 years ago when the internet went mainstream and the whole sales and marketing process was turned on its head. And uh, at that point, uh, or from that point, consumers became more and more informed. And, and now, whether whether it's the Association of Professional Builders or Builder Trend or a custom home builder, um, clients are more informed and knowledgeable than they have ever been in the you know, in the history of time and that's because they do their research online before ever speaking to a salesperson so uh, the way to deal with that situation is to use content because you want to be the provider of information when the prospect is doing their research and this is what we do at the association of professional builders we put a lot of uh, information out there in the form of blog articles and uh, videos 
And, uh, and this is what we teach builders to do as well, not to advertise their building company, but to put good quality information out into the marketplace so that they become the expert in their field. Yeah, I feel like, you know, just listening to you talk, I mean, Zach and I were both kind of like nodding our heads. I feel like there's a lot of parallels in your guys' sales pitch and mission uh, to builder trends. It's like there is a better way out there. Um, you know, the builders that we work with are really, really, really good at what they do. Um, so sometimes, you know, they don't realize that there's better processes out there. Uh, you can adopt technology, you can, you know, adopt business coaching uh, and become more profitable. So I feel like there's a ton of similarities into kind of like what you're preaching and what we see as in our day to day here at Builder Trend. Yeah, 100 um, percent. In some ways, um, it's never been easier to run a residential building company when you have tools like Builder Trend, which simply weren't around uh, 12 years ago. Um, so it's made it easier. But then again, it's never been harder because uh, competition has become even more intense. So we have to continually raise the bar and, uh, and over deliver to the to consumers to stay one step ahead. And you've got to have tools like Build-A-Trend uh, in your toolbox uh, in order to be able to do that. Is there a, a business profile that you look for as someone who's a good fit for your services? If, are they already using software and they're looking to enhance their usage of it? Or are you taking in builders who there's, they're on pen and paper in the back of their truck, just trying to figure out how to, how to job cost? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we, we target builders between the ages of 25 and 55. Okay. Um, typically okay. below 25, um, uh, yeah, they haven't really started, but we do welcome uh, builders that are just starting a building company. And we get a lot of guys come to us that I'm, I'm about to start, I'm gonna join you later. It's no, you need to start now before you actually start this company. But the reason we are, we limit, or we don't limit, we don't uh, disqualify people for, for being too old. I've uh, would have disqualified myself, but. <laughs> uh, we uh, we don't target builders over the age of 55. And the reason for that is these guys have just spent the last 30 years doing um, building or running their building company in a certain way. And they simply don't believe that the margins we talk about are possible. And in the early days, this was a real challenge when we didn't have the proof behind us because uh, we talk about 10% um, net margin. Um, we talk about 33% markup, which is a 25% gross margin on new homes and even higher for remodeling jobs. And uh, a lot of builders find that very hard to accept because uh, in their mind, the game's hard and it's just a joke if you think you can charge those sort of margins. But now that we have the proof because of not only uh, our 500 members, but we work privately with over 100 building companies uh, across five countries. So we have all their data. We now have the proof that these margins are achievable, but they are linked to marketing. So there is a, you know, you can't just put your prices up. There is a, a process. But having said all that, we still end up speaking to builders over a certain age. Their mindset won't allow them to believe this because to accept what we're saying as being true would be to accept that they've just wasted 30 years of their life. And for some guys that um, they just can't allow themselves to believe that. It's a bit like the Matrix when uh, Neo meets Morpheus and uh, Morpheus says we never free a mind over a certain age. It's too dangerous. Yeah, that's the same with the Association of Professional Builders. We never free a builder's mind over the age of 55. <laughs> That's maybe one of the best analogies I've uh, heard to date. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, and I love the, you know, I mean, 
Well, you're speaking my language, first of all. Proving stuff with data is what I do you know, day to day right after this episode. <laughs> when I'm we let back, you out of the closet. Yeah, I'm going back to my dark corner <laughs> to do exactly that. Um, and I just love your, you know, your marketing strategy is like positioning yourself as a thought leader. Uh, I actually, Zach and I were reading one of the blog articles you guys recently posted about how, you know, the booming uh, construction industry right now doesn't necessarily equate to, you know, booming profits. Is that something that, you know, a lot of people have misconceptions about? And is that another one of those things that you're just like trying to, you know, teach people more um, than what may, you know, appear obvious on the offset? 100%. It's, uh, it's a big myth in our industry, isn't it? Um, because uh, too many people focus on cash flow. And uh, I'm constantly at odds with the, the saying that cash is king. You know, at the Association of Professional Builders, where we say cash is king, but it's profit that wears the trousers in this industry. <laughs> uh, it really is all about profit because it will bite you sooner or later and uh, and i know you guys are well aware of the work in progress calculation the hidden liability that sits in a new home builder's account mm-hmm. that is one of the most dangerous figures um dangerous if you're not aware of it. it it will bite you and this is what we see um potentially unfolding in 2022 we're already starting to see it unfold to a certain extent simply because of the um supply chain issues causing delays causing cash flow problems already causing a lot of building companies to fall over, but it's going to get a lot worse in in 2022. But we do have this misconception um, that when things are busy, builders are doing well and they're earning lots of money. And the truth is builders earn less in a boom than in a downturn. And that's simply because they work on fixed price contracts, prices go up, delays uh, increase their fixed costs, which uh, increases the fixed cost to revenue ratio, which again um, uh, reduces their net profit. So it's not good for for building companies uh, in boom times. They're under a a lot of pressure. They need a a lot of systems, a lot of organization to make sure they stay on top of it. That's really great insight. So in your opinion, it's better to focus in on the forecasted work in progress, see what is actually coming and, and staying ahead of it rather than focusing it on the, the individual job by job, like cash flow that we hear all the time here at Builder Trend. Yeah, the yeah, cash, cash is nice. But in all honesty, if you're running a new home building company, if you look after the profit, the cash will look after itself. Uh, new home building companies that are were organized and that are, are running properly will always generate excess cash. Building new homes is cash flow positive. That is the, the bottom line. So you if you if you're running a new home building company and you are experiencing cash flow challenges, you're you, you have bigger problems under the surface. And that work in progress accounting adjustment is uh, is one figure that you really do need to be looking at. Yeah. And you in the article I mentioned previously, I know uh, you guys highlighted some things that builders can be doing to uh, stay cautious or I guess uh, stay effective during a boom. Uh, so we'll definitely link that in our show notes uh, to make sure anybody that wants to there, you know, can go out and read that uh, and inform themselves. Uh, what would you say is probably like the biggest hurdle um, in residential construction right now? Is it kind of the, you know, the supply chain and, and the high demand right now? Or uh, what have you guys got been seeing across your uh, customers? 
Yeah, that, uh, that is really interesting because we're seeing two different problems at the moment uh, in Australia to the US. Now, in Australia, with the, um, the lockdowns that have been happening and, and New Zealand as well, Australia and New Zealand, the lockdowns have really hurt the builders' uh, ability to keep jobs moving, which is uh, really hurting their cash flow. So... Uh, um, so cash flow is probably top of mind for the builders in uh, Australia and New Zealand. However, in the US, we're not having the same kind of feedback in relation to cash flow, but uh, it is all about margins. Uh, builders in the US uh, have been concerned about their margins, and that has risen over the last three months to be the, the number one topic. But uh, that's not to say builders in Australia and New Zealand are not having problems with their margins either. It's just being masked. You know, they're more focused on the on the cash. But uh, yeah. once the jobs start flowing again, I think they're going to realise that their margins have been uh, well and truly hammered. Uh, the underlying margins, I'm talking about. What's your advice on how to tackle these challenges and, and what can a builder really do to help you know, mitigate those, those net margins being reduced unexpectedly? There's a few things that the builders need to be all across uh, right now. And um, number one is uh, communication. They've got to be over communicating with both their clients, their subcontractors and their suppliers because uh, yeah, we have a tendency to, uh, to sugarcoat things, to look for best case scenarios, um, you know, to, to kind of deal with the situation as it unfolds. But really, when it comes to clients, you've got to give them a, um, an honest appraisal of how you see the next uh, three to six months panning out um, so that they're fully informed and they can make better decisions and don't sugarcoat it. Um, give them the, the scenario as you see it, update them as that scenario um, yeah, materializes and, uh, and summarize it post, uh, post scenario as well. So you really got to over communicate with the clients, but you've got to be communicating with suppliers and subcontractors as well, because especially suppliers, we've seen timelines have blown out, uh, with ordering. So you don't want to be caught on the back foot, um, and be ordering supplies, you know, on a, on an eight week, uh, call forward when those call forwards have blown out to 13 or 20 weeks. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the communication, uh, is, is paramount, but the, the other thing that, uh, we've been highly recommending builders do is to assess their contracts before they start them, because uh, a lot of contracts have had delayed starts on them and they're no longer viable, um, to proceed with. And, uh, and again, we're seeing two very different scenarios in the US compared to Australia. In the US, the NAHB have, uh, have been fantastic in their support of builders um, in terms of cost escalations and the way they've, uh, they've stood behind builders. But it's, uh, it's not so much the case in Australia where builders are being told to proceed regardless with fixed price contracts that are no longer profitable, which uh, is something that we don't agree with at the Association of Professional Builders. It doesn't happen in um, in the in commercial, and uh, and it certainly doesn't happen to the the large volume builders either. They've been ripping up contracts um, that are no longer profitable, and. Um, this is one thing that we've been really urging builders to do is to take independent legal advice on their contracts before they start on them because as the director of a, a building company, it's irresponsible to embark on a project that's going to lose you money and put your whole supply chain at risk of, uh, of bad debt. Uh, and the other thing is they've got to be monitoring their jobs 
all the way through the build. Now, typically, our best practice is to analyze every job every month in terms of the gross margin. And uh, and that can be simply done inside Builder Trend using the, the estimating and the budgeting features to, uh, to look at the revised budget to build and record that margin. Because when you record that margin month on month, you will spot a trend. However, the situation that we found ourselves in the last six months, those um, those margins are moving faster than ever. So we've been recommending builders to do this exercise weekly. It's a little bit of work, but um, it puts your margins top of mind and it really does help you spot a situation where your gross margin is declining to a point that uh, a job's no longer going to become profitable. And uh, what it does is it encourages builders to protect their margins and charge uh, adequately for the variations and for cost escalations that are taking place. And uh, finally, it's really, it's um, all about cash flow and looking ahead. So looking at your, your job schedule, you know, in a tool like uh, Builder Trend and uh, forecasting your cash flow based on those stage claims and, and being realistic about that. You know, we've seen delays um, from financial institutions uh, insofar as paying out build those delays into your forecast don't look at a completion day as being the date the cash is coming in if um you know if that money is coming in 14 or 21 days after the stage that is what you put into your forecast be realistic now that that was amazing and thank you for explaining all that and and kind of what challenges are out there and, and ways to avoid it my next question is do you see the you know and the, the lumber futures have been going down. It seems like maybe the supply the supply chain is starting to stabilize or normalize for certain things. Does the advice you just gave ring true regardless of these, you know, waves of, you know, unprecedented times when it comes to supply chain? Yes. Well, uh, what we saw, uh, and, and the U.S. led the way on this um, back in August uh, last year, we were seeing a lot of our members were talking about inserting allowances for lumber. And at that time, um, they were they were actually giving the consumer two choices uh, to accept an allowance for the lumber because they could kind of see what was coming mm-hmm. or to accept a 5% uh, fixed increase. And all the clients uh, at that time were opting for the allowance because they didn't believe lumber was uh, was going to increase by as much as five percent, which seems crazy now. But um, uh, yeah, the, the the builders in the US were were very proactive uh, in this respect, and they continue to be. They're um, they're they're protecting their downside by uh, by having allowances. So um, we we don't know what's going to happen with the with the spot price of lumber because yes although the, the futures price has declined we haven't really seen that um, really roll out in the um, uh, in the current supplies man i feel like i in the you know the past 10 minutes you've been talking i've gotten infinitely smarter <laughs> i uh, i'm currently Do you getting... just take on random people to learn from you like we just you know you train say, us up follow can... you around for a while <laughs> Uh, how do you typically, how long, uh, when you sign a new customer, obviously everything that you're talking about are things that you want to help them implement, uh, in their business and in their practice. Uh, how long do you typically work with them? Or I guess like, what's the this life cycle of you, uh, taking on a new client and implementing these, you know, changes that you're talking about into their business? Yeah. Um, a, a lot of builders, we have an initial, um, plan when a builder joins the association of professional builders and we have levels, um, starting at level zero, which is 
just filling in your KPIs, which, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that can be quite a challenge just to, to get the, the data recorded. Yeah, that's where yeah. I'm at right now is I'm level zero. <laughs> so let's level me up here. Better information leads to better decisions, um, but we go right up to to level ten. But um, we we've we've got builders still working with us privately that joined back in two thousand and fourteen. Some have even you know left for a break to go on their own and found themselves veering off course slightly and have come back into the fold. And uh, they yeah they say to us they just feel like they're they're back they're home when they come back. Um, so it, it is an ongoing process because. Um, Although we do have a very structured program, which adapts to where a particular building company is and where they want to go. Um, but as, as building companies grow, and we've worked with building companies that uh, came to us when they were doing two or three million, they're now doing 50 or 60 million and uh, looking to top the 100 million mark. But there's always more to learn. And uh, and I guess the one thing that we've learned over the years is that uh, when a builder come, when a building company comes to us doing 60 million, they are typically less systemized than a building company doing 6 million, which just blows our mind. Interesting. Why do you think that is? I, uh, I think they have a, a very good offer and um, they're very good at sales typically, and that gets them to a, a certain level of success. And, uh, and it tends to be in spite of themselves rather as a, a result of their systemization. And they, they do lack the back-end systems that uh, allow them to, to take their business to the next level. Yeah, and how much of it was they grew so quick, you know, and, and they never really needed to or had the opportunity to put the systems in place. It just kept growing and growing. Yeah, one of the most dangerous things uh, I feel in uh, in this industry, uh, particularly for new home builders, is is growing fast because they are cash flow positive. That masks a whole multitude of problems, and it's why we see uh, allegations of Ponzi schemes being levelled at uh, residential building companies these days. So, do you have any like uh, specific examples or like just crazy success stories of? You know, people that have come to you, you know, on the verge of going out of business um, and you're able to like completely do a 180 and see like huge growth. Yeah, uh, we, we do. And uh, it's something that uh, we're really passionate about because when a builder comes to us and um, a lot of the time they don't realize just how serious the situation is. You know, they, they find themselves in a situation where they've done well. They just need a few more contracts to get a little bit more cash flow, and then they'll be okay. So they come to us with the intention, you know, I'll stay for a year, and then I'll I'll be good. And uh, what we're able to do is to unpack their building company in terms of the numbers, the KPIs, and show them exactly how serious the situation is. And uh, in a lot of cases, these building companies, although everything appeared very rosy on the outside, um, they've been seriously underwater. Um, you know, it, they might have had uh, a lot, they have some money in the bank at one point, um, but uh, really that was just masking the, uh, the problems below. So we've been able to work with those guys because they've had cash flow. They've come to us early enough that we've been able to turn them around and and uh, yeah, you'll see it on the, the success stories that we, we have on our, on our website, the, the amount of builders that 
you know, openly say they were looking to leave the industry. It's a very, it's a very hard um, thing to do. Yeah, it's easy to get into building homes, but it's very hard to to close a, a company down. And yeah, we have a, a lot of guys openly talking about how they were looking to leave the industry, and uh, and now they've, you know, in some cases they've um, they've ten x their companies and uh, they're working less and uh, living the life that um, really what they signed up to live in the first place. Well, this has all been fantastic, Russ. For any of our listeners out there that want to learn more about your company, what's the best place to go find you guys? Your website? Uh, a quick Google search of the Association of Professional Builders will uh, will take um, builders to our website where they can watch a demo. They can have a, a look on the inside, uh, what happens behind the scenes of the Association of Professional Builders. We've also launched a new book as well called Professional Builders Secrets. So I would urge any builder that's uh, looking to grow their building company safely and securely to uh, to order that on Amazon because uh, that contains a lot of information these guys need to know about marketing, sales, and growing their margins. Yeah, any any builder or any podcast host, um, hypothetically. Uh, <laughs> Charlie. We're going to get a couple sales lot. from Charlie. Yeah, for sure. And I, uh, I would also just encourage anyone listening to check out your guys' blog section. Uh, that was the one I, I referenced earlier about the, you know, booming construction industry. Uh, I spent a good, you know, five, ten minutes surfing through that today. It's just, I mean, it's your guys' entire marketing strategy, right? The content marketing. Uh, you guys have some, you know, just fantastic content out there. So, uh, definitely something that I'll be checking out more of in the future. And I would encourage anyone that's trying to level up their business um, to do the same. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks, Russ, for joining us on Building Code. Thanks, Zach. See you, Russ. Just had Russ Stevens from the Association of Professional Builders on. What'd you think? Uh, man, I thought it was super informative. Uh, I was I was pretty excited going into this one just because, uh, you know, I'd read some of their blogs before. Um but yeah, I was I, I was really happy uh, with how he was able to kind of get into the weeds and offer up some free advice. Uh, the biggest like uh, thing that kind of took me by surprise was, and I guess this happens when you run you know in multiple countries, but all the differences we were talking about. Okay, well here's what is kind of affecting the U.S. right now versus here's what like our Australian New Zealand builders are kind of seeing right now, and kind of the stark differences between the two. Um, I thought that was really interesting in how him and his business are able to account for that and coach people through that. Um, kind of no matter what the, the obstacle is, they're, they're there to you know, improve the process and, and help builders become more profitable. There's a lot of elements in running a construction company that obviously have a lot of nuance to them from the sales side, getting into a software, managing your staff, making sure your financials are tight. It's, it's difficult. And so these businesses that are starting to become more and more common, being able to go to someone who's an expert in the field and get additional advice to make sure you're hitting your margins at a at a, a more profitable, uh, hitting your margins at a, a, a higher rate and really kind of running your business in a better way. Uh, I thought that was really, really uh, great to hear kind of what is out there in the market for people to go explore and, and learn about these third parties that can help you get better as a construction company. Right. Um, the better way. Plug podcast that you also run people should definitely go check that out um, if they want more insights into running their business specifically with builder trend uh, i also thought that it was really interesting when he talked about a lot of times the biggest like pain point in their sales process is people don't believe that margins can be that high um what a good problem to have right it's like no trust me like this is where we can get you to um i thought that was really really interesting that some people are just like they don't go with the 
they don't go with the association of professional builders because they don't believe that they can be that successful. Yeah. And he talked about the concept of fixed fee contracts as well. And I think for a lot of rebuilders, that is kind of the traditional way that you'd build a house where you have just kind of a set time frame and, and amount that you're charging kind of progressing throughout the project, but you're actually setting yourself up for potential issues where what happens if the cost of materials raise so much that what you you know, estimated it for is no longer the actual amount. It can be really hard to keep track of that information, let alone going to your customer and telling them, hey, I'm going to have to charge you more for it. It can be a really uncomfortable conversation. You can avoid that in your sales process by putting those escalation clauses in your contract, setting yourself up and in a position to where you're not accidentally um, not getting your profitability that you should be hitting because of what your terms and conditions say uh, for something that was estimated 10 months ago, right? Right, and I thought it was pretty cool, and a lot of it was a little over my head from a product standpoint, but I wanted to ask you about it when he's talking about how you can forecast out, um, looking at your work in progress report and things like that. Uh, when you were on on-site consulting, was that something that you were able to help people do like in Builder Trend? I know he mentioned like the budget tabs, but uh, with some of the stuff he talking about kind of resonating with some of the stuff you see when you worked with our clients? Yeah, certainly it's something that clients would like to see in program as far as being able to forecast and really kind of get into margin as far as operations go. Um, all the information's there, like you said. You know, you're looking at your budget, you're getting a real-time look at what you estimated versus your new expected or revised costs, seeing what, what has changed. And then from there, you'll have to do some outside work to really kind of get to the percentage of your margin, but you can certainly derive everything you need within the program to say, like, I hit my numbers or I'm way off, and how did that in fact impact the overall uh, margin itself um, from a budget standpoint? There's a lot of things in BuilderChain that people don't fully see the potential in um, because they they don't know the full picture. You know, right. in some of our other episodes, clients have talked about uh, there's a lot to learn, or I'm still trying to figure out how I could go further. And you get to really sophisticated endpoints by getting deep into the budget. For someone like Russ, that's what he does every day. Right. So for him, it's like that's the primary concern. It makes a lot of sense that he's an expert on how to get that information. But that's the value in getting a third party who is an expert and being able to get to those answers quicker rather than what a lot of companies do, which is kind of fall into it. Or, you know, over time they learn to be an HB, like this is what I should be looking for, but it's a lot of networking. So uh, it was really good to see or hear from Russ about his perspective um, in the, the construction industry. We, as always here at The Building Code, have new exciting guests, people who are gonna join us talk about these certain things. So we'd love to have you back. Join us next time. I'm Zach Watovich. I'm Charlie Burtwistle. Make sure to go out, like, comment, subscribe, anywhere podcasts are available. See you.